0: everybody, Mike D here for Son of a Witch Podcast. Holy shit, I am so fucking happy to be back behind the microphone talking to you, my listeners. So, I have missed all of you so much, and I have missed doing the show so much, and there has been so much going on, good and bad, but, as I tell each and every one of you each week, What are you? Your boss witches and be boss witches. And that's what I did. I bossed that shit out. And now it is done. And hopefully I have gotten all my bullshit for 2021 out of the way. So uh yeah, I had COVID, which was interesting. Uh felt like I was dying. Literally. Um That is not something you want to get. Please be very, very, very careful. And also had a tree go through our roof and had to stay in a hotel for a little bit. And yeah, it was insane. So, but I am back now and uh, couldn't be happier. I have missed it taking that much time off. That's the first amount of time off uh, starting with funeral. That I've taken since I started the show in late August of last year. So now we are in a new year and I am ready to get back to it. So I'm not gonna take a whole lot of time being that I have been gone so much and going over announcements and things like that. I do have tons of things planned. So many things planned for the beginning of this year. Some of those I have talked about and hinted at already. Some of those I am keeping tightly under wraps for myself until time to reveal. And uh, yeah, so lots of things that I had time to work on while I was down and out. I do have some upcoming updates for the website. I am currently now making magically charged soaps. I've been making those for a long time, but I am making them for sale. So I'm going to be posting those on the website store page, which is coming soon. I also, you've heard me talk before about the tarot mat slash wraps that I make. And i uh, gonna be doing those again also. So lots of neat little witchy types of things that I make that are going to be coming to the website store. And then I am going to do a revamp of the membership on the Buy Me A Coffee site. There are some things that I have that I'm sending out to my members thus far. And there are some new things coming up that they and anyone else will get. So there's that too. Um, Yeah, aside from that, I just kind of want to get right into the damn show. So that's what we're going to do. Without further ado, I'm going to take a quick pause and we will be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, so we are heading right into the magical item of the week. And the magical item of this week, one of my favorite crystals is black tourmaline. Black tourmaline, I really like. It's good at uh, repelling and absorbing negativity. Um, it, it, for someone with anxiety like myself, it, it really helps out. There's lots of different uses for black tourmaline. And as far as tourmaline goes, that is the one that everybody knows of, the black tourmaline. But today I thought we would talk about a lesser known crystal that also has some magical properties, which is pink Tourmaline. And pink tourmaline is very beautiful if you've ever seen it. Uh it's a very, very pretty uh color of pink. And uh pink tourmaline, it can vary from pale pink to deep red. Uh it has flawless, transparent gems, opaque rough crystals. I mean it kind of runs the gamut. It's the primary stone of the heart chakra. And it also links to the crown chakra, infusing love and spirituality and compassion and gentleness and things like that. Although it can be found on every continent, uh, really fine specimens and gems are still considered rare and can be pretty expensive. Uh, It really began its popularity as a gemstone in 1876. Mineralogist and jeweler George Kunz sold a green tourmaline from Maine to the famous Tiffany & Company in New York, and the desirability spread from there. It's become a big fave of witches, uh, pagans, people in the metaphysical, and uh, some people call new age communities. It belongs to a complex family of aluminum uh, types of minerals. It's mixed with iron, magnesium, other various metals, and it may form as red, pink, yellow, brown, black, green, blue, or violet. Uh, so there's lots of colors of tourmaline. It's prismatic, uh, vertically striated crystals. Uh can be long and slender. They can be thick and column-like. Uh, it, it just comes in all different varieties. Um, it's also known, uh, there's a variety of it known as the watermelon tourmaline. It has a pink center surrounded by an outer green color. Uh, So that's really cool too. I've seen pictures of that. I've never actually held one. But uh, one of the most distinguishing properties of it is its ability to become electrically charged by heating or rubbing it. When charged, one end becomes positive, the other negative, and it allows it to attract particles of dust or bits of paper. And this property of pyroelectricity resulting from heat or piezoelectricity resulting from pressure or rubbing was well known to Dutch traders of the 1700s who used tourmaline to pull ash from their pipes. And they called it ash puller. So uh, it had a lot of real world aspects that you could use it for. It's been used to reduce the uh, proclivity for falling uh, in all ages, toddlers and uh, elderly. If you wear pink tourmaline throughout the day, it can help reduce stress, worry, depression and anxiety. It can be used in partnership with black tourmaline to diffuse obsessive behavior. It's a very loving stone for children. It provides comfort to those who have suffered abuse. uh, People that need help with sleep issues, it works really well for. And uh, it's also the best crystal of emotional support for teenage pregnancy. I don't know how they figured that out, but uh, that is what it says here. And it is known as a shamanic stone. It provides protection during ritual work. It can be used with and during scrying to point out the cause of trouble or an offender. Uh, indicating a good direction of which to move. It strengthens the sense of smell. And in that respect, it can also enhance the perception of pheromones, which produces an aphrodisiac effect. It's specifically used to treat motion sickness, and it can also assist in restoring luster and shine to hair and nails. Now, industrially, tourmalines are highly valued as electrical tuning circuits for conducting television and radio frequencies, and they're used for their durability since high frequencies can be passed through them without shattering, as do many crystals. Uh, It has healing properties. It can help you uh, generate healing energy, emotional healing energy, balancing energy, spiritual energy, color energy. You can meditate with it. Uh, You can do divination with it. You can even use it when you're working with the angelic or Nephilim realm as well. Uh, So that uh, and there's a huge chart here that I'm looking at that kind of tells you the color and the name of the angel that would be best to work with. If uh, it's March 16th through the 20th, the red tourmaline, Mumja is the angel, October 19th through 23rd, red again, Mikael, it just goes on and on. So I'll post this up on the website in case you do want to take a look at it. Uh, Pink tourmaline goddess crystals, uh, they can be used with goddess work. Uh, It is a type of birthstone. You can use it for amulets and talismans. You can use it in feng shui. I mean, there is literally, it's one of those crystals that has just massive amounts of uses that you can do with it. Um, And again, like I say, it's beautiful to look at. Uh, So that is pink tourmaline. Pink tourmaline, uh, not as easy to find as black tourmaline, but if you can't find it locally or from an ethically sourced place online, then hit me up and I will give you some places that I order mine through that I've vetted and done some major research on. So that is pink tourmaline, the magical item of the week. So we're going to take another quick break and I will be right back with the next part of the show. And we're back. So this is the part of the show. If you are a new listener, typically my show, the format varies a little week to week. But typically I start out by giving some announcements, some upcoming things to look for, uh, things that I may be a part of that I want you to check out things like that and then after that i do a magical item of the week sometimes i will throw in a spell for the week as well then i typically do what i'm getting to now which is what's flicking my wand and boiling my cauldron And uh, that's typically just kind of what I'm digging or not digging for that week. It could be a Etsy shop. It could be a place where I get supplies. It could be somebody local. It could be something in the news. It could be anything. Um, So this week, being that I've been down and out a little bit, what's flicking my wand, obviously, is being back behind the microphone, doing my show again and again. I say doing my show. I was doing the show when I wasn't recording the show, if that makes sense. There are, again, if you're new to podcast or to the show itself, there is a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes for a podcast. It's normally not just recording throwing it online and being done most of us are kind of perfectionist and uh, really want to put out a good quality show and that's me Uh, I'm a perfectionist anyway I already have some OCD tendencies but I do want to put out a really high quality show for you the listener if you listen to my first episode until now uh, you can tell that I've been trying to ramp that up and increase it as I go so I have been working on the show, even when the past couple of weeks went by that I didn't have an episode drop. I've been doing some behind the scenes things. I have to turn the show into a, a, a business now, more or less, and hire an attorney to kind of draw up paperwork and things like that. So it, there's a lot going on. But being behind the microphone, being able to, and as silly as it sounds, talk to you is what I love to do. And even though you can't talk back to me directly, you can talk to me via Instagram or Facebook or the website or any of that. So on the website, actually, you can even leave me a voice message and I may put it in the show if you tell me that's what you want me to do. So there's that option, too. But, yeah, that's that's what's flicking my wand, being back, the fact that we are in a new year and new beginnings, you know, starting over fresh, kind of a clean slate, so to speak. And um, you know me. I don't get into politics, but, you know, we've got some change there, whether you're happy about it, not happy about it. It's change, and change was needed. And so there's that. Uh, also flicking my wand is that I'm not sick anymore and that's fucking amazing. Um, And that kind of rolls right into what's Boiling My Cauldron. I have a couple things this week. Uh, And again, Boiling My Cauldron isn't always me ranting or going off on something. But this week... I'm really tired of people that a year later, if it's been a year and you still don't know that you need to wear your mask up over your nose and it needs to cover your nose and your mouth, or if it's been a year and you still think you have to take your mask off for someone on the phone to hear you, then you haven't been paying attention and you need to listen up. Seriously, you can talk on a cell phone with a mask on. I sometimes will wear a double mask like a disposable little blue one underneath a cloth one, and I still have people hear me on the phone. It is not necessary to take your mask off. Kind of like if you're in a restaurant, which not many of us have the luxury of doing right now, but if you do get to go to a restaurant that practices social distancing and whatnot, and you see the employees there who in the back in the kitchen area think they need to take their mask off to talk to people. You don't need to take your mask off to talk to people unless they're deaf and they read lips again sorry said what i said you're a doofus if you think that and if you're still wearing your mask below your nose or taking your mask off to do those things Please stop being a dipshit. Stop contributing to the problem and get on board and let's just be safe and get this crap out of here. That's one of the things that's boiling my cauldron. And I see that a lot. And it's ridiculous. And now it's gotten worse because there is a vaccine that has started rolling out. But because it's rolling out so slowly because we didn't have a plan in place to do it, then it's not just because the vaccine is out. Doesn't mean that you've had it. Doesn't mean that the people around you have had it. A vaccine being out does not mean stop wearing mask. I I honestly would love nothing else if they federally mandated with fines and things like that repercussions for the mask, because I think that the places that have worn them like they're supposed to, have had lots of less issues. So that's all I'm going to say on that because I have a lot of passion on that subject and I don't want to get too pissy. Uh, But being that I was sick myself, suck it up, buttercup. It's not all about you, and you're not the only one who's tired of being cooped in the house and not being able to go on vacation and things like that. We all are. But let's just tough it out together and get through it. And aside from that, the other thing that's boiling my cauldron is not really boiling my cauldron. It's just something that I think we need to be aware of. And that is, I get that we had a shitty year last year i mean it was just insanely monumentally fucked. i get that but let's not let that push us so we at one point had gotten to where we were concerned about one another and then towards the end of the year i think we had had so much that everybody started just looking out for number one and yes Continue to look out for number one. Continue to protect yourself and make sure that, you know, you have what you need and what you want. But at the same time, think of others. If you have family or friends that you haven't heard from in a while and you don't normally talk very often, just give them a call. You know, right now, things are not good for anybody. Everybody is stressed out, and if they tell you that they're not, they're a liar, or they're a robot. So, um, those are the things that are kind of boiling my cauldron this week. Nothing major, and uh, yeah, that's about it. So... Real quick, now on the tail end of flicking my wand and boiling my cauldron, I am going to go right into a spell that I think will help you for this week. And it kind of ties into what I was just saying. Protect yourself. Look out for number one. But at the same time, you can still be aware and mindful of the people around you as well. And this is a protect your sacred space spell. And this comes from Llewellyn Worldwide out of their spell a day almanac, which I really like. If you have never had a chance to look through one of those, check it out each day of the week. It gives you the moon phases. It gives you incense of the day, color of the day spell for the day. It's really cool. But this one here is a, um, room of one's own type of spell. And it's in honor, or it was in honor of Virginia Woolf's birthday and her famous essay. It's observed by individuals taking time to honor their personal space in which they have the freedom to pray, study, recharge, and work. We often do our best studying in private spaces where we feel protected. Today, let's work some simple magic that honors and protects our private sacred space. Want you to take a clear quartz crystal which also resonates uh, the energies of Monday. If you weren't aware, just a little trivia for you, take that clear quartz crystal, hold it up to your third eye, which if you're not aware is the space, right kind of in between your regular eyes, kind of right at the top of your bridge of your nose. And you're going to hold that up to your third eye and say, Mace, or I'm sorry, my sacred space. I do declare a place for study rejuvenation, and prayer by power of quartz, may my intentions be crystal clear corporal and ethereal only spirits of benefit may enter here and then place the quartz near the entrance of your room so again I'll read that again if you're writing it down my sacred space I do declare a place for study rejuvenation and prayer by power of quartz, may my intentions be crystal clear corporal and ethereal, only spirits of benefit may enter here. And then put that uh, quartz near the entrance of your room. Put it over your doorway. If you're having to kind of keep it discreet, you can put it off to the side next to the door frame, just somewhere where it's going to kind of keep that area sacred and safe and protected for you. So there you have it. What's flicking my wand, boiling my cauldron, and your spell for the week? So I am going to take another brief pause, and then we will be right back with the topic of the week the Akashic Records. And we are back. So I have, uh, if you've been listening for a while, you know that for the better part of the past month, month and a half, I have been wanting to do an episode on the Akashic Records, and I seemed to get kind of segued away from that uh, for one reason or another. Uh, A couple of times, my deities and guides just kind of were like, hey, nah, you need to do this instead this week. And I gladly obliged. And then some things just came up. I had a death in the family. Uh, Shortly after that, I had another death. Uh, Somebody that I was close to. Just lots of different things happened. And I I haven't been able to do that. So I've been teasing the Akashic Records episode for quite some time. And now we are finally here. And the Akashic Records is something, you know, I've done an episode on pendulums. I haven't done one on tarot yet. I have had people asking me to do that. And I do have one planned probably in the next couple of weeks. But I'm really big on divination. You've heard me talk about spirit boards, Ouija boards, seances, pendulums, tarot, runes, all sorts of things. I love divination. And the Akashic Records is something that I found out about a long, many years ago and started using them then. And basically, it's like divination, but it's not like divination. And let me explain. So I'll I'll get into that in a second. But basically to give you an idea, like the first time I ever accessed the records, there is a prayer. And I want to say I got this off of medium.com, but I'll put a link to it uh, in the bio or the uh, episodes notes. But there's a prayer called the pathway prayer. And that's more like a mantra that you can say to open the records. And that's something that I was using at the time. And and I kind of felt something shift in my mind. Uh, My body kind of felt very heavy, uh, like I couldn't move, but my head felt really kind of airy, almost as if the top of it had been taken off. And it was expanding simultaneously in pretty much every direction you could see. I I saw flashes of images that I'd never seen before. I heard words and phrases in a calmer and deeper version of my own voice. And I just kind of knew that uh, what I was hearing and seeing was not coming from me, but it was coming from me, if that made any sense. And even though the voice in my head was muttering, yeah, you might be making this up did you take something? Um, But uh, I had not, not that time anyway. And I really, I really didn't know what I was getting into. Um, But I walked away from it, uh, just transformed. It literally felt like I had been handed the keys to the universe. And as somebody who kind of has trouble sleeping and finds myself awake in the middle of night with anxiety about the future. That was really cool. And, um, When I tried this, I had only been working at it for a few weeks and I had only known about the records for not much longer than that. And I did reference my grandmother about it. She knew a little about it, but she called it something different. Uh, She knew the basic process for accessing the records, uh, but she didn't call it the Akashic records. And it is escaping me now what she referred to it as. I'll have to try to think about that. But Basically, uh, it left me knowing that I had access to information that I wouldn't normally have access to. And that also was kind of an ego boost because it's kind of a power thing. I mean, you have access to things that other people have access to, but just don't know how to get to. So that's why I really wanted to do the Akashic Records. And that's what we're going to do. I'm just going to kind of do a brief... Intro into the records. Uh, I'm going to touch on what they are kind of how um, We've learned about them and where they kind of come from, but then I'm also going to uh, Give you some exercises that you can use to try to access the records now much like astral travel or Anything else this may not happen the first time or even the first couple of times that you do this so you, it's something that you have to work at, just like with your psychic abilities. I'm a firm believer, I've said it before, that everyone has psychic ability, that we were born with it. We just kind of lost how to access it and didn't use it. So it became kind of shelved and we just have to more or less access it again and utilize it kind of like our muscles you know if we're an athlete and we don't work out and keep our muscles in shape we're not going to do very well at what we're trying to do and so you have to practice with magic and things like that as well it's not always just one and done so but the akashic records you know i've I've had a lot of people ask me questions which is another reason i wanted to do this episode you know is it like a repository of you know file cabinets and is it like the stacks in a university library you know where did the concept come from how did we find out about it do the records exist in time and space is it like the galactic internet I mean just all sorts of questions so we're going to kind of go over them what they are the history of them who can read them and how you can read them so Some of this comes from Gaia.com, G-A-I-A.com. That's a really cool website, and they do have a lot of scientific stuff, but a lot of metaphysical stuff on there as well. So I'll put a link to that also. But basically, the Akashic Records are... In essence, it's just kind of like the repository or holding place of every single thought, word, and deed of every living being, good, bad, awful, in every time, past, present, future. So basically, it's everything. (laughs) Um, It gives you access to figure out things that your own mortal human brain doesn't have the proclivity to do on its own. And that's a really weird way of explaining it. So let me just go ahead and get into it this way. But like I say, it's everything. Uh, There's most people that uh, have recounted experiences accessing the records report that there's no judgment or implied penalty in the records. They're just basically there. So it's not saying, well, Tom went out and went hunting and killed a deer. And we think that's bad or we think that's good. It's just going to talk about Tom went out hunting and he killed a deer. And it'll talk about what Tom talked about while he was doing it. And every, it's basically if you were to go into a room of a meeting and record, you're basically getting everything. You're getting every little second of every little minute of every hour of all the people in that room and this is just for everyone so it's basically a record of each soul's journey infinitely and uh, one of the earliest references to the records in modern times was made by helena blavatsky founder of the theosophical movement in the late 19th century And theosophy is an esoteric belief system that incorporates philosophical tenets from Eastern religions while maintaining that there is no religion higher than the truth. And Blavatsky claimed she learned of the records from Tibetan monks or Mahatmas, who said the records could be found in the Akasha or the Akasa, which is the Sanskrit word for astral light or the other element in Eastern belief systems. This fifth element of space is considered to be the fundamental fabric of reality from which all other elements emerge, the code source of material reality. And the Eastern idea of karma is a major facet of the Akashic Records. Now, these masters of the ancient wisdom, some people call them MLTAs, masters, loved ones, and uh, teachers. I can't remember what the other part stands for. Um but yeah, basically, the masters of ancient wisdom, as Plavatsky referred to them, taught her clairvoyance, psychic abilities, astral projection, among other things. She used those tools to channel information from the Akashic records and built a large following of theosophists, including some famous ones. Uh, metaphysician Rudolf Steiner also referenced the Akashic Records, asserting that every action, word, and thought leaves a trace in etheric realms. Contemporary physicist Ervin Laszlo explored the concepts of Akasha from the perspective of science, concluding that the Akasha contains templates for human ideals such as harmony and equanimity. This is reflected in his Akasha paradigm, which he relates to human evolutionary processes. Those who subscribe to the Akashic Record models often reference the Book of Life, first mentioned in the Old Testament Exodus, to be exact, of the Bible. And biblical scripture asserted that a record of every life is kept in heaven, and it is from these records that souls are judged. Now, explorations of the Akashic Field were also a major focus of the writings and work of Edgar Cayce. And if you've been in the metaphysical community, if you are familiar at all with any type of psychic abilities... Um, clairvoyance things like that you'll know who edgar casey is he, he is no longer with us but he was a powerhouse of information when he was here and he left behind a great volume of works that we can um, pull from so casey's akashic studies Posited that there is a storehouse of information. It's in a non-physical plane of existence, which maintains a record of every soul's past, present, and future. Casey's readings are some of the best known. Now, there are different ways that uh, you can access the akashic records, and basically, first of all, you want to come up with kind of a game plan you want to decide what you want to know Uh, and these keep in mind are just some steps to follow if you're trying to access for the first time if you've been accessing the records do you Um, if this doesn't work there are other methods much like with many things this is not just a one-way only type thing But the the records, as I said, can be kind of thought of as a cosmic computer system and it's recorded recording and will record every soul's thoughts and experiences on a vibrational level. Now, remember, you may not be able to access the records on your first try or sometimes even your fifth or your tenth. But as with any tool used for spiritual growth, it takes patience, consistent meditation and a good deal of research to successfully access the records. I'm only saying that if you try this a few times and it doesn't seem to work, don't give up. Don't think that it's not going to work or that you yourself can't do it because you can. It just takes practice. Much like a golfer has to hit the course to practice uh, his putt, much as a race car driver has to practice his lap times. You know, you'll have to practice this also. But basically, you want to decide what you want to know. You want to decide if you even have a specific question. You may just be looking for general information. But when you're ready, clearly state your intention and request your guides. Use whatever meditation practice that you prefer to enter a relaxed, open state. If you don't have a meditation practice and you need a good one, hit me up and I can give you some ideas. And if you connect with another being, ask their name and clarify what you're looking for to them. Uh, when you're ready, end your session and take the time to kind of record the experience. Now, A lot of people say, well, can I read the records? You know, who can read the records? Anybody can read the records. Again, some may be more, uh, it may seem easier for them to access than others, uh, while others may just have to work really hard at it and practice. But, you know, astral travel is not something typically people are able to do the first try. Uh, Some magical workings are the same way. So again, don't let the fact that you may have to practice this more than once avert you from trying it because it's really useful. Now there is somebody, her name is Debbie Ritter and she pretty much qualifies as an expert in this area. Uh, She studied Mandarin Chinese, practiced environmental law, uh, yoga, shamanism, Buddhism, uh, course in miracles. She did all sorts of things. Uh, to develop her native intuitive talents. And then by training with teachers, she studied the Akashic Records with author Linda Howe. Now she's an intuitive life coach, psychic medium, and an Akashic Records reader. But when asked about obstacles to accessing the records, she explained that the system is simply not everyone's thing. She said, working in the records may be something that some people are curious about, but for whom nothing clicks. When that happens, it may be perfectly valid that there is another path or modality that will resonate with that person. I see this when I'm doing short intro sessions. Personal curiosity satisfied, they move on to something else. She also added that another roadblock is disbelief, explaining that some are up against preconceptions or just don't trust their own experience. Regardless, Ritter believes no one, much as I believe, no one is forbidden from the records. It's not just my experience as a reader or a teacher, she said, adding that some shy away from the records due to anxiety. It is up to the individual to decide whether to continue. In my case, the anxiety indicated that internal issues were being stirred up. I was able to get support from both the records and others to do some inner work. Ritter also added that there are occasional false Akashic record experiences. She said that the clear indicators are fear and negativity. Also, a strident tones, such as you must do this or you must do that is out of character with the nature of the records. And that has been my experience as well. So, similarly, there's no fate or destiny in the records as life is the result of multiple, constantly shifting contingencies and synergies. Life is more complex than that and there's no certainty in the outer world. So Basically, the search words access Akashic Records in a Google search returned 4,270,000 results. Dozens of YouTube gurus are soliciting how to access Akashic Records content, along with hypnosis programs claiming to lead listeners straight into the cosmic hallowed halls. Those who access the records report that seekers may experience meeting guides, angels, behind the scenes players. Seems that the galactic library is pretty well staffed. Some say that accessing the records is a type of channeling, and others say they receive the information in dreams. So there's different methods. Uh, a lot of times what you're getting from the Akashic Records is assistance from your higher self or your guides or your angels or, you know, whatever you deem are your higher working team, your spirit allies, as Christopher Penzack puts it. So, again... <clears throat> You might kind of imagine opening a scroll of one's life uh, and kind of reading down through that. But those claiming to have accessed the records report uh, images of guides. It's like a temple environment, auditory messages or instructions. Some say that they watched almost movies of past lives. Um, And then after sifting through different accounts of the Akashic record reports, it becomes obvious that everyone has an experience unique to them. And again, that's because your own spirit team or spirit allies are the ones helping you and assisting you. So you're going to have a very catered experience. Some access the records on first attempts. Others try at it for weeks or months before getting success. I have a friend that, you know, practiced and worked at it for about three months before she had her aha moment, as she calls it. So approaching the effort in the spirit of play free of expectation would probably be your best approach. Many say that persistence in the form of repeated sessions over time brings the best results. These um, are some methods that have worked for me. Uh, I would say that working on it, if you're going to practice it, try it at least once a day if you can, or once every two or three days, um, just to keep that fresh in your mind. There's also tons of methods found uh, in books and blogs and YouTube videos and podcasts and there are lots of different reports of what they experience. That said, there are fundamental principles common to many methods, and I'll go over some of those. First of all, you want to decide what you want to know. Are you just browsing, so to speak? If so, define your intention, which might be, I want to confirm the existence of the Akashic Records, or I want to experience the realm of the Akashic Records. If you just want to look around and see what the place is about, Say that. If you've got a specific question, try to spend a little more time clarifying your intentions, perhaps by writing your thoughts with the understanding that there are no raw questions or intentions. You can ask what you like, but you just may not always get an answer. And when you're ready, clearly state your intention and request that any guides, whether you know them or not, assist you. Use whatever meditation practice you prefer to enter a relaxed, open state If you don't have a specific practice, if you sit there and count down and there's um, a certain method that I like to use, but if you count down from 10, two or three times and just focus on your breathing, you'll go into an alpha state pretty quick. So but find something that works for you. If you don't have one or don't know a method, then contact me and I'll help you out there. Give yourself time to let your energy settle and center. And this is going to seem absurd, but go to the bathroom before you do this. In my experience and many others as well, if you, know, you have something pressing or something distracting you or causing you any type of discomfort, it's not going to work as well. And if you're holding it and trying not to go to the bathroom, then you're not going to be able to concentrate. So go, uh, you know, do your business. One, two, both, whatever you got to do. Get that out of your system, literally. And uh, then then try that. But basically, um, just be a... Ask to be allowed to access uh, access the records in regard to your question. Now stay in an open, receptive state while in this meditative trance, allowing information to enter your awareness. It could be visual. It could be auditory. It could come in the form of a guide or an angel. You could see them in your mind. You could see them in front of you. It really depends. If you connect with someone else, like another being or a guide, Ask their name and clarify that you're looking for access to the records in regard to a question. You want to be very clear and intentional with these guides in in the Akashic realm. When you're ready, end your session, take the time to record your experience. Did you get access? If not, it's okay. Like I said, for many, it takes tons of times, More than one attempt to tune in. Even if you believe nothing happened, though, write down any impressions or thoughts, because in hindsight, you may reveal more than you thought. The Akashic Records, though, they're just a, it's a vast trove of information containing incredible wisdom and insight. If you're curious to kind of know who you are, why you are, how you got here, past lives, future lives, possibilities, things like that, Uh, Akashic Records are an amazing resource. So you could dig a little further into that. As I said, Edgar Cayce's readings, the history of Blavatsky and the Theosophist, as well as Irvin Laszlo, Um, any of that should give you a pretty solid foundation to start. For me, uh, I'll end this kind of giving a little more into my experience. But the first time that I experienced the Akashic Records, I was actually in a recliner and I was meditating, doing some seated meditation. And it was, I don't know, it was weird. It was like I was very relaxed. And then within an instant, it was almost like I was somewhere else. And this place, it, it almost looked to me like when I arrived, almost like, uh, walking onto a college campus or a university, uh, there were all these different buildings and you could tell that it was a place of learning and a place of knowledge. And there were like little ponds and, you know, little water, um, decorations. And, uh, it, it was very much, it reminded me of like a university or walking into a massive hospital complex or something like that. Um, And very shortly after uh, entering, I was greeted by a guide. And uh, that part stays personal with me. But uh, the guide kind of introduced themselves, much like I was telling you. I explained at that point that I was just there to see if it existed, to see what it was all about. And I ended up being taken on what, looking back on it now with my memories feels like should have taken hours but literally took minutes uh, apparently in real time and when I was done I said goodbye and I respectfully left and I still remember information that I gained uh, on that trip but it was very much for me like a library in these buildings you would walk in and uh, you could access anything you wanted about any time or past lives whatever And then you kind of opened up this book in the center of each room, and that's where the information would come from. I have gone back since, and each time for me, it's different as far as what it appears and how it looks, but each time is more or less set up for me, and I don't know if this is just my psyche doing this or what, but it's set up for me like an institute of learning, like a university or something like that. And there's all these massive numbers of buildings, and uh, I've not even ventured into uh, even third probably so um, the Akashic Records is a good way to meditate and get some information or guidance while you're doing that and that's why I wanted to do this now again I have been accessing the Akashic Realm for I'd say at least 15 years or better and um, so probably about half the time that I've been a practicing witch and I do have different methods that have worked for me, some better than others uh, at different times, depending on my frame of mind. Some methods work better than others. So if you want to dive a little more deeper into this rabbit hole of Akashic Records, uh, feel free to hit me up. Like I say, there is a trove of information online. Um, You can actually get even more information um, than what I've given you uh, in some of those. Gaia, G-A-I-A dot com is another Fantastic resource If you just type in Akashic Records there You can find all sorts of this information And more Um, But yeah I hope that this helps you out. I hope that uh, this kind of sparks an interest in you pursuing uh, this path and seeking out the records. And again, I would very, very much love to be a part of that with you. Uh, if it's nothing too personal, if you are able to access the records, let me know. Um, let me know what it was like for you, what you saw, what you felt. Um, again, if it's personal, keep that to yourself. But, but I'd love to know your trials and tribulations with this. Also, uh, I'm always eager to see kind of, like I said, everybody seems to have a different experience. So it's always exciting for me and I'm eager to kind of find out what someone else's experience was. If they feel comfortable sharing that. So check that out. Uh, Dig a little deeper into that and uh, hit me up. Like I say, if you already practice this or if you do and it works, Um, I would love to give you some further, uh, more in-depth methods of accessing the records, some different things you can do while you're there, etc. So... I hope that uh, the time that I have been away has been good for all of you. I hope that the beginning of 2021 has been fantastic and that you have had a better start to it than I have. But lately, things are going really well and are continuing to increasingly get better. And uh, I couldn't be happier about that. So. In closing, keep in mind if you are a new listener and you started at uh, the newest episode instead of the oldest, you can find me on Instagram at Son of a Witch Pod, and that's Son of a Witch P O D. And there is where I'm most active on social media. I do post uh, each week leading up to my episodes, which typically drop on Saturday. I do post some teasers and little uh, things kind of hinting at what I'm going to be going over that week. I'll post memes. I'll post spells. I'll post, you know, interesting information. Um, I do live streams from time to time. Uh, and if you click the link in the bio on the Instagram page, at Son of a Pod, that takes you to my link tree. And that has a button that will take you to the YouTube, to the website, to... Um, Whether you listen on Android or Apple Or if you want to listen on Spotify It's got a link to the Buy Me A Coffee site It's basically how you can get to any and everything Son of a Witch on the interwebs So keep that in mind I'm also on Facebook At Son of a Witch Podcast On Twitter at Son of a Witch P I don't know why it wouldn't let me do the OD And then www.sonofawitchpod.com is where I post things that I don't have time to go over on the show. It's where I, if I talk about a spell or a recipe, you know, I'll post that there so you can go and reference that. I also post uh, some videos that I do from time to time, unboxings, all sorts of information there on the website. And that's constantly being updated and actually about to get a major update over the course of this weekend. So check that out as well. Other than that, thank you so much for listening and taking the time out of your day, no matter whether you're lying down or walking or working or cleaning or whatever it is you're doing. Thank you for letting me do it with you. Thank you for listening and supporting the show. And I really, really appreciate that. The best way that you can help me out in return for the information that I put out there is to tell other people that may enjoy it and get uh, benefit from it as well. If you do like the show and you want to help me keep the lights on, buy me a coffee. Link in the bio is the best way to do that. And other than that, until next time, everybody. I hope you have a great rest of your week. This one did come out a little early because it's been so long. So I'm tempted to put out another one this weekend. You'll just have to keep your ears and eyes peeled for that. To find out. And, uh, also I'm going to do a review in my next one of a new Oracle deck that I got. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun too. So I hope you have a great week, great weekend, and I will talk to you again all really soon. And what do I want you to do? Stay witchy.